Amen. Cool. Well, if you have a Bible, let's open up today to Ephesians chapter 6. And I know uh, a lot of you here aren't dads. You know, a lot of you here are ladies. <laughs> so you're not a dad. Um, but these are things I think that it would be beneficial to you, for you to know. Sometimes, you know, we give counsel to others, and so it's important to know what the Bible teaches about being a dad and for everyone to know, ladies, or maybe you're still a little young and, you know, you're uh, not there yet. One day, you know, God willing, you will be, and so it's important for you to know as well. But especially for those of us here today who are dads, who still have our kids, man, and especially those young ones, uh, it's important for us to know what the Bible teaches about being a dad. Because the bottom line is we're living in a generation, the land that we live in today um, is a land filled with lies. It's a land that really devalues the role of a father. It's a society that says you don't even need a dad. They're trying to restructure the family. They're trying to take away the masculinity that's necessary. You see, they're trying to improve really on God's uh, way of doing things. And please understand, um, there's no way that's possible. You know, God gave the kids a daddy. God gave the kids a mommy. And that's ideally the way life should be. Now, we know, of course, sometimes things happen. And, you know, nowadays, from what I understand, I think there might be like 25% of all the kids are raised in a single-parent home. And so that's a tough place to be. But even in that place, God will fill the gap. You know, maybe even here today, you know, you're here and you don't have a, a, a child. And maybe some of you guys have a little bit of extra time. You know, look around. If you see a, a, a kid without a dad, you know, be there. Maybe you can be that male figure because all these things are so necessary to plant within the heart of a child. But for us, you know, I know we've gone to the book of Ephesians a, a, a number of times. And, you know, usually we go there for marriage. Usually we say, well, the basic building blocks of marriage are found in Ephesians 5. And it's true. You know, these are the staple scriptures, not only for a husband, not only for a wife, but also we're going to see today for fathers. And so if you want to know, you know, what it takes and what's going to be required of you as a dad, one day when you stand before God and you give an account of what type of father you were, these will be the things that you will be tested on. And so it's important to know what's ahead. Because look what it says here in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 4. It says, And you fathers... Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot that the Bible says about being a dad, but I like this section right here because, you know, in one sense, it's very, very simplified for us. It's condensed. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. There's a negative. The positive is to bring them up in the training an admonition of the Lord. Now, one thing I want to say about this is here the Greek word translated father is the word pater and refers literally to a male ancestor speaking clearly of dads. Now, the reason I bring that up is because we're living in a troubling movement in many of the modern day translations in which they take out the masculinity of this word and they make it a generic command for parents. 
But that's not what God says in Ephesians 6 verse 4. Here we see that God is speaking directly to fathers, to dads, who have an irreplaceable role in training and raising up their children, even to the point of God using the dad to save their soul. And so whatever you do, don't buy into the lie. Even some modern-day Christians will say, well, you know what, it's the, it's the parents. It's not really the dad. No, this is specifically geared toward the dad. Right here he says that you fathers are not to provoke your children to wrath. Have you ever got your kids mad, just out of curiosity? <laughs> I bet you you have. Have they ever got you mad? <laughs> this happens a lot, huh, this exchange of things that's going on right here. And this is important for us to get right. You know, the Greek word translated provoke, you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. It literally means to rouse to wrath. It's only used one other time in the Bible where it's translated move to anger. And so we fathers, you know, take a mental inventory on this. We're called not to move our children to anger. We know anger is a problem many kids have, especially sons. They struggle with that. But what is it that makes them mad? What is the real root of their anger? There's a lot of things that we can do to make them mad. It might be excessive discipline, which then hardens their heart. It could be inconsistent discipline. They do the same thing four times. You only spank them once. You're sending a confusing signal to them. It might be even a lack of discipline. It might be disrespect. You know, sometimes I think we as parents think that we can disrespect our children. Yeah, you better respect me, but it doesn't you know, go the other way. And that's not true. Our children are created in the image of God. Ultimately, they don't belong to you. They belong to God. Respect them. Talk to them in a way that would be encouraging. I think we speak to them sometimes like we would speak to no one else. And that will make them mad. Inconsistent discipline, excessive discipline, lack of discipline, disrespect at times. Overprotection will frustrate a child, you know, where you insulate them from everything. Sometimes fathers give to their children a pressure to, you know, achieve. And, hey, you've got to become the, I don't know, the professional basketball player, a baseball player, football player, or whatever it is, doctor, lawyer, and all these types of things. We're living our dreams through them. That will frustrate them. That will make them angry. Another thing I think a lot of fathers are guilty of is favoritism. I love you more than I love her or him amongst kids. Terrible thing to do. By God's grace, we've got to love all our kids the same. But we'll see what God is saying to fathers is here. Don't provoke your children to wrath. And it's probably a commentary on how some dads, you know, they know how to push the right buttons. They don't know how to push the right buttons. You know, they do these things that we're speaking of. And yet at the same time, I think, It's also not just a commentary, but also a contrast. Because he seems to be saying, listen, if you don't do your job as a father, and it leads to frustration. If you don't do your job with the authority God's given you, it moves them to anger. He says right here, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. But on the flip side, here it is, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. You know, and I know a lot of us here were not raised by a father with this type of heart, with this type of vision. And I know for a fact that a lot of us here, our dads weren't even there. 
You know, my dad left when I was a very small boy. And he would come in and out of our, our life. The, the, the thing I think I remember most about my dad when I was growing up, I think he always loved me, but he didn't really prove it. And I remember, you know, him drinking a lot, you know, fighting. I remember different things going on. And he did the best that he could, I suppose, because he did not know the Lord. But as far as that, that dad, that, that pillar, that stability, that instructor, that teacher, that man that I needed in my life, I never had that. You know, so there's hope. I mean, thank God, you know, God can cover those things. And now I'm so blessed to know that my dad loves the Lord and he even teaches Bible studies. And it's a blessing to see what God has done in his life. But, you know, we don't want to go the hard way. We don't want to make our kids cry. We don't want to make their hearts break. We don't want to make them go and look for, like we heard in the video, happiness in all the wrong places. Drinking and drugs and sexual adventures. We don't want to do that to our kids. God is gracious and God can do a work. But if possible, if you're a dad that has any type of influence, rise to the calling of being a dad. Don't make them angry. Don't make them frustrated. Primarily by not being faithful. Be the dad that God's called you to be. And I say that to you. I say that to me. Now, some of you here, you have little ones. And so, you know, you're right in the middle of it. Or maybe they're teenagers or maybe they're older, you know, 30s, 40s. Who knows? I don't know. But you're still a dad, huh? And you're still there offering that counsel and that guidance that they need. Now, sometimes we get frustrated, you know. But we need to be so careful. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. But on the flip side, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bottom line is, for us as dads, if we don't bring them up, we're going to bring them down. And that's the difference that a dad makes. You know, sometimes we get frustrated. We see the lack of maturity maybe in our kids, and we see them doing childish things, and we might even tell our kids to grow up. And God says in his word, you know what? You need to man up. And you need to be the dad that I've called you to be. The Greek word translated training here, it's an interesting word. It speaks of the education of the children. You know, did you guys know, for me it was kind of a, a fresh discovery, that as a dad, one of my primary responsibilities is to educate my children. You know, not just their head, but also their heart. Not just their body, you know, and body, bodily benefits, but their soul. You know, not just the lessons of education, but the lessons of morality. This is the responsibility of the father. You know, I think sometimes we forget that, and therefore we kind of drop the ball on this, you know. Um, we might think, okay, I took them to church, and, you know, they're learning Father Abraham in the nursery, and so I'm sure they're doing fine. And I heard in first through sixth grade that they're going to learn systematic theology, and so I'm sure they're fine. And then, you know, they go to the youth group, and, you know, they do all these great things, and I'm sure they're going to be fine. And, and yet that's not really the way it's supposed to be in our mentality. We, as fathers, have the responsibility to educate our children. Now, maybe you don't know algebra like me, but you got to know the Bible. That's all. 
Theodore Roosevelt said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. You know, what good would it be to make your son a doctor, a lawyer, politician, president of the United States? It doesn't matter. And then he dies and goes to hell. What good would that be? See, the education that they need, the morality that they need for the heart is to be a child that would rise and become a woman of God, a man of God, a man of integrity. And the responsibility for that education, that training, it comes from the Father. I don't know if the air conditioner is on, but if it's not on, can you guys turn it on? Thanks. (laughs) I don't know how it keeps getting turned off. But anyways, the thing that we have to understand, you guys, is that God wants us to live that life. You know, there's a lot of responsibilities a father has, huh? One of the things that was kind of tough for me um, is kind of funny because Steve asked what I was going to teach today. I told him, oh, we're just going through Luke chapter 9, you know, because I kind of didn't want to do a Father's Day message, to be honest with you, because that's too convicting for me, right? (laughs) No, I'm just messing with you. Um, You know, because there's so much to, to being a father. I mean, you know, a lot of you guys here, you've been fathers for many years, probably even longer than I've been alive. Man, you can tell us a, a lot of good advice, a lot of good counsel. Uh, to me, it's not an easy thing to really try to tackle even in one study. Uh, there's a lot of things to learn about being a father, and I'm not there yet by any means. And so, you know, it's for that reason that I almost hesitated. Lord, who am I? going to teach about being a father, you know. But, you know, I read one book. I remember one book by Charles Stanley. It's called, Is There a Man in the House? Good question. Is there a man in the house? Some fathers don't even want to live with their kids. Is there a man in the house? And even if they do live with their kids, are we being the man that God's called us to be? You know, and in the book, he gives three things. He says what fathers are called to do is, number one, provide for their kids, number two, to protect their kids, and number three, to to guide their kids. And so, you know, he simplifies it like that. And so, you know, we're called to provide for them. And so we go, and, you know, God's given you guys big biceps. I've seen a few of you guys here, right? And you go like, I saw you looking at yourself in the mirror right there, and you're like, yeah, it's pretty good, man. I see the cut is definition and all that kind of stuff, right? And you go and we work out, why did God make you strong? God made you strong not to look at yourself in the mirror. God made you strong to work hard. God made you strong to provide for your family, you see. And that's what, you know, guys, dads are supposed to do. They've got to go and they've got to, you know, provide for their family. And that's their responsibility. My encouragement to you guys is you be the one to work, man. Do everything you can to allow your wife to stay home and be with the kids. Now, if that's not the situation you're in right now, I encourage you, don't be condemned, but work your way out of it. Try your best to eventually come to that point where she can stay home and be with the kids. Guys are called to provide for their families. Secondly, guys are called to protect their families. And so there you are, middle of the night, a robber comes in, right? You don't say, honey, can you take care of it? You don't do that, right? You wake up, you clean house, right? Because you're the protector, man, right? And I tell my son Aaron every time I leave, okay, son, you're the man in the house, you know? Anyone comes in, you lay down your life, son, right? He's all, Dad, I can't do it. Yes, you can. (laughs) So I teach him how to shoot a gun. No, I'm just joking. I don't. don't. (laughs) 
Guys are called to provide, guys are called to protect, and guys are called, men are called, dads are called to guide their children, you know? And, of course, we can't drive for them, but, man, we can do the best that we can to give them the directions and to know the way and to go the way and to show the way. And, of course, I'm not just talking about physical stuff. I'm talking primarily about spiritual stuff. Provide for them not just a house. It doesn't matter. It could live in an apartment. It could be a tent. It doesn't matter. What matters most is do they have a home in heaven because their father has been faithful, you know? I mean, do they have the clothing of Christ? doesn't have to be Hollister. The clothing of Christ. Why? Because their father was faithful. Do they even know the way? Not just to get to, you know, this place over in L.A., but, man, to get to heaven. And so, you know, that book, I think it taught me a lot about what a dad really does. I think some dads, we, we mess up, and that's why I really encourage you to take this study to heart that your primary responsibility as a father is spiritual. That your children would be successful in the eyes of God and not the eyes of men. Because I know a lot of us fathers, we want to do good, but we don't realize that the primary you know, way of succeeding is by allowing the Lord to use our life so that our children would follow the Lord. God will use you as an instrumental vessel in that. That's what Charles Stanley said in his book. Last night, my son and I, we were watching this program on television, and they gave the three A's of being a father. And so here's a few more things that you can write down. Number one is the word affection. How dads need to show affection to their kids. And I know as your kids get older, they don't want you to kiss them. But kiss them anyways, man. <laughs> You know, give them hugs, squeeze them. They need that more than you realize. They do. Affection. Words of affirmation. Don't always criticize them. Look for ways that you can speak words to build them up. You don't realize what it means to hear from a father. I'm so proud of you, son. Yeah, but dad, I just struck out. What do you mean you're so proud of me? Because you gave it your best. Man, those words will carry you through life. But on the flip side, man, sometimes we hear words from fathers that just they tear us up. Oh, you'll never be a man. How long do you think that's going to last in their hearts? See, dads need to give affection. They need to give words of affirmation. And they need to give words on life of attention to them. You know, that as we go through life, I know most of you here, you probably wouldn't reject the idea of being a father. But I think a lot of times what ends up happening is we get so busy that we neglect being a father. That we just don't, you know, not just find the time, we don't make the time. To know that our priorities in life, not our career, it's not, you know, going out with the boys. It's not my creature comfort. I have children that I have fathered, and you give them the attention that they need. i never forget this one story I met, uh, I read about a little boy who was opening up his gifts one Christmas uh, morning. And one of the, 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 the gifts that this little boy opened was a, a box, and it had a little note in it from his father. And the note simply said to his son, Son, I'm sorry, I've neglected you. But I've made a vow before God 
that from this day forward, I will spend an hour with you every day. Simple note, simple, you know, gift. What was it? It was the gift of time. Time. And they played catch together, and they read books together, and they, you know, ate together, and they read their Bible together, and they prayed together. The father gave his son time. And the son, he grew up to be a successful man in the eyes of God. See, we need to give them that, you know, words of affirmation. We need to give them the affection. Oh, you know, my dad didn't give it to me. Well, that's the whole point, right? You give it to them. And we need to give them the attention that they need. It's so important that we understand how our children need us as dads. Instructing them, commanding them, warning them, and even chastening them. And so there's a lot of things that I can say about being a dad. Um, that's why I kind of wanted to throw a few things out there just to kind of get the wheels you know, turning and for you guys, for me, to be in searching, Lord, what do you want me to do as a dad? But here in Ephesians 6, verse 4, I just want to hone in on this, and then I'll let you guys go and have your barbecues. It says in verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Here it is. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. It's important for us to know as dads that God's called us to be trainers. We are called to be personal trainers you know and so the lord wants to use our life to bring them to a point of spiritual healthiness here we see the lord teaching us the importance of being a trainer and the thing about it is as you look at this the training it consists of four things number one instructing number two commanding number three warning and number four chastening All these are acts of love, and all these require time and attention. And so let's look at the four things today on Father's Day. Just asking that God would give us as dads the grace and wisdom to be good and godly fathers and to bring up our children to look up and to grow up and even stand up in this world that we live in today. Number one, instructing. Instructing. I don't know if this is empowerment. I don't know if it's enlightenment. But we don't hear a lot of this today. Dads, we are called to instruct our children. You know, we need to recover that fact and discover that fact that not only we're their personal trainer, but we're their primary instructor. You know, moms have a massive part, and they probably are the most influential person on the children due to the simple fact that they normally spend more time with them. But since dads are the heads of the family, they've been delegated the authority to be the top teacher and the main instructor in life. It kind of reminds me of a story I'll share with you guys because you're my friends, right? Okay. You guys always laugh when I say that. I don't know why. But man, the other day, um, it was a while back. I often know this, but across the way, there's uh, you know, some beautiful uh, Asian people, and uh, they have this thing going on where they, they sometimes they'll teach English and stuff. 
And so uh, one time um, they uh, came over, and I think it was, uh, I'm not sure, I think it was Betty. She was correcting his translation, right? And instead of saying uh, main instructor, I'm the main instructor, uh, I guess uh, he said mean instructor. And so, you know, she's trying to correct them. And, you know, I don't know if it was a pronunciation or what, but he just kept saying mean instructor, mean instructor. And so the point of my story is this. Don't be a mean instructor, okay? Be, though, the main instructor. Not the Sunday school teacher, not the youth leader, not the wife, not the best friend, not the Christian school that they go to. Fathers. You are the main instructor in their life. You see, that's what training is all about. And we need to give them instruction. Otherwise, what's going to happen? What are we saying? If we don't take that responsibility, then what are we telling our kids? We're telling our kids this. Go figure it out. That's what we're saying. Are they going to figure it out? (laughs) Probably not, huh? Proverbs 29.15 says, A child left to himself brings shame to his mother. You know, don't leave it to himself to figure out life on his own because it's not going to happen. If dads don't do this duty of instruction, then their kids are headed for destruction, right? It's a spiritual equivalent of leaving them out in the cold, feeding them to the wolves so that our kids end up being conformed to this wicked Wicked world that we live in, all simply because dads weren't empowered, weren't enlightened with the fact that one of our primary responsibilities is to teach them the word of God, to teach them the way of God, just like a teacher would, right? And so it's okay, even if duct tape is necessary, man. You use a classroom environment, right? And you get your kids together, bribe them with cookies, whatever it takes, man. But you get them together and you sit down and you... Teach them the lessons in life of the Bible. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about giving money and sending them to school. I'm talking about you sitting them down. Maybe you won't teach them Greek. Maybe you won't teach them Hebrew. But you will teach them the Bible. And you will read the Bible with them. Because you understand that that practical step of doing just that, sitting down with them and teaching them in that type of atmosphere, is the primary responsibility that we have as dads. You know, they need you to teach them that. And so, you know, you should be able to come to your kids one day and say, okay, tell me what the doctrine of, you know, uh, soteriology is, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, and they're going to know it. They're going to know it. Why? Because you taught them. Now, tell me, how, how is someone saved? The doctrine of soteriology, they're going to know it. Why? Because you taught them. And they're going to know what being a dad is. They're going to know what being... Uh, a man is what being a woman is why because you taught them that's our responsibility you know we saw that in the video dad i'll need you dad i'll need you i'll want to be rich and good looking i'll need you to tell me lord that i need to be rich in good works father you use my father to do that i'll be focused on building my career at all costs I'll need you, Dad, to show me how to put my family ahead of work. Dad, I'm going to seek my own comfort and joy. I'll need you to teach me how to honor God with my time and resources. You know, as a kid, I'll want to avoid hard conversations. Dad, I'll need you to show me how to speak the truth in love. 
But I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. That's the way it is. Dad, I'll need you to remind me that I should obey God. I'll look for happiness in all the wrong places. I'll need you to show me that joy is found in following Christ. I'll want to treat girls the way the world tells me to. Dad, I'll need you to show me how to honor them with all my actions. I'll find myself stuck in bad habits. Dad, I'll need you to show me the way out. You know, you look at that video right there and it says, I'll need you, Dad. I'll need you, Dad, to point me to Christ when no one else will. To point me to Christ when no one else will. You know, even in my own home, I don't know if this is good or bad, you know, but there's something about the word of the Father that carries authority. And a lot of times the moms, you know, they're serving the Lord and they're trying to tell their kids, hey, get your life right with the Lord. God loves you. God's got a plan for you. And dad's just kind of sitting around. He doesn't have the same heart. He doesn't have the same vision. And that's why the kids aren't serving the Lord because they need to hear it and they need to see it in their dad. And once they see it and they hear it from their dad, that word of authority will reach their hearts. And that's why... They need you, Dad. They need you. And we need to do everything we can to get into their life and to be that influence for the glory of God. You know, a few things on the video that, that they said, one we already touched on, it, they, they said, I'll need you to teach me. I'll need you to teach me. Now, again, this begins with verbal instruction, if possible, at a very early age. I would encourage you, as soon as your wife becomes pregnant, talk to her stomach. I would say, start then, man. You know, just ran when they're in the in the womb. You just you know, Jesus loves you. You know, Jesus is God, and from the very beginning, you just instruct them in the ways of the Lord, right? And like I said, it's okay to have times when you sit everyone down and you teach them about life. You get a good Christian book or whatever the topic is, and you know, you teach them the Word of God. It's okay, man, to make your home a consecrated classroom. It's okay to do that, you know, and not just the required times, but also, of course, the random times. You know, as you go about life, you look for the perfect places to teach them. Maybe they'll ask a question, which kids do a lot, (laughs) and then you're ready, man, to teach them the Word of God. Deuteronomy 6 and 11, it talks about that, which, of course, means this, that we as dads, need to know the word ourselves. Huh? It's important, man, to have that. In the video it says, teach me. In the video it says, remind me. You know, I know you guys know this as dads, but just as a reminder, you're going to have to remind them, huh, over and over and over again. I have to confess every once in a while, I'll get frustrated with my kids, and I say, I already told you that, I already taught you that, you're supposed to take out the trash or whatever it is. And, you know, um, you've got to say it again. And you got to say it again. Why? Because there needs to be those reminders. To avoid defeat, we must repeat the principles of parenting and the biblical basics of being a child of God. But don't let that discourage you. They might not listen the first time or the 10th time or the 97th time. But maybe the 98th time that you tell them because you never gave up, maybe that's the one where it clicks. You see, we teach them and we remind them just like God does us. And so I hear someone say today, yeah, but my kid's 47 years old. <laughs> well, don't give up on them, okay? <laughs> Peter said in 
2 Peter 1.13, yes, it's right. As long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. We need that, right? I mean, we need that video says, teach me, Dad. Remind me, Dad. Here's an important one. Show me, Dad. Show me. Show me by letting your life be an example. And this is probably the most important element of being a trainer, of being a teacher, of being a faithful father, a dad who does his duty. We can't just give it. we got to live it, huh? We can't just say, do as I say. we got to be able to say to do as I do. It can't just be a message from our mouth. It must be a model that we model as a man of God. I love what Paul says in Acts 20, verse 35. I have shown you in every way. And he was a model for the men. And that's exactly what we need to aspire to be. You know, how would it be if your little boy grew up to be just like you? Would that make you happy? I pray that we would come to that point and say, Okay, Lord, if there's enlightenment taking place and there's empowerment taking place, and now I know, Lord, that I've got to show them the way. I've got to be a model for them. It's so important. You guys, I almost want to play that song, uh, The Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Is that his name? You guys remember that song? Maybe we'll play it later, man. But my boy is just like me. My boy grew up. He's just like me. A crazy song. It's important for us to take these things to heart. I pray that we would show them in every way how to be a man and how to be a child of God and ultimately by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't be discouraged today. I don't care if you failed every day in the past and I don't care how long it's been. I believe in God and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and I believe that if you and I are open that God will give us the strength from this day forward to change, right? You know, to give our kids the greater hope of succeeding in life, we as fathers must show them how Live it out and be an example to them. You know, one thing I want to say real quick, you know, being a father and being Father's Day, you know, one thing we got to guard ourselves against is comparing our kids to their kids. Whatever you do, don't do that, okay? Um, because that's not really what we should be doing. Um, all kids are different, huh? Aren't they? Even within your own family, huh? You're like, hey, are you my child? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> So don't do that. You know, there's a lot of variables involved, you know. Um, and, and don't compare even your own children to each other. Each one is unique. Each one has a special calling. You know, my, my son's not in the study, right? Okay, I can talk a little bit about him, man. You know, some might call him stubborn, but I won't call him stubborn. <laughs> I'll call him persistent. And what we need to do is sanctify that stubbornness, I guess you could say, And what ends up happening is that in his life, he ends up not giving up when others would. And so all those things, and a lot of times we look at our kids and we're like, I don't know about this one, man. And, you know, whatever it is, understand that that's all part of God's unique creativity in each of them. It's all part of their destiny, and God's wired them in a certain way. And so we need to take that to heart. We need to teach them, you know, instruct them in the ways of the Lord. We need to remind them in the ways of the Lord. We need to make sure that we show them the ways of the Lord 
And then the last thing they said in the video is that we need to point them to the Lord. <clears throat> point them to the Lord when maybe no one else will. We end up doing what? We end up pointing them to the Lord. That's the main point, right? God help us to point our children to Jesus Christ. Miha, mijo, follow him. They'll need you, Dad. They'll need you, and they'll need you to point them to him. But ultimately, they need God. And this is something that I'm learning in my life as I, as I get older, and uh, I still know that I have a lot of growing to, to experience. I have so much that I don't know. But one of the things that I'm learning in life is that only the Lord can be the Lord. That only God is sufficient. You know, that we're pointing all these kids, you know, to the Lord, and they need their dads, but the primary reason they need their dads and they need their moms, and sometimes they need a church congregation and all that stuff is what? Not that we would ultimately depend on them. Not that I would lean on him, lean on her, lean on this congregation, even lean on my father. That one day, in the deepest part of my heart, I will really discover, because, you know, in one sense, we're alone. We could be surrounded by, you know, 2,000 people. We could have 1,000 friends. But ultimately, what needs to take place is there needs to be a, just a strong and firm relationship between you and God, between my son Aaron and God, between my daughter Ariel and God. And we need to leave them with that legacy to train them up in the ways of the Lord, to train them up so that they won't depart from it, to train them up in the admonition of the Lord, to teach them, man, to, to be an example to them, to show them, to remind them, but ultimately to do what? Ultimately to point them to Jesus Christ. You know, we need to do so much, and, you know, you need to spank them every once in a while, and then to take that rod of discipline to the seat of understanding. You know, sometimes parents don't want to do that. You know, that guy, Dr. Spock or whatever, Mr. Spock, he said, don't spank your kids, right? Was he wrong or what? <laughs> but don't beat them up. Don't, don't kill them. Don't bruise them. You know, uh, I would encourage you not even to use your hand. Your hand should be uh, uh, an instrument of affection for them, right? You never want to bring them to the point where they're afraid of your hand, right? So get a, get a stick instead, man. <laughs> get a little paddle and drill some holes in it. And Hebrews chapter 12 says what? No father who ever loved his son didn't discipline them. And I remember there was this one French traveler. He came to America. He went back home to France. And they said, what was it about America that kind of enthralled you the most? And he said, I am blown away at how the parents listen to their children. <laughs> no, it's not supposed to be that way, you guys. God gives us the strength. God gives us the capacity to discipline them, to train them. All this is part of raising them up <clears throat> in the ways of the Lord. You know, what, what is it, you guys? You know, what's going to change our country? What's going to change our society? <clears throat> well, you might look to politicians. Oh, hope the legislation improves. Or you might look to media. I oh, hope the movies get better. I hope the music changes. 
You know, you might look to the school system and the education system and you're thinking, oh, that's what we need to get straight. But I'm telling you this right here, that none of that, none of that will bring hope to the people. You want to know what we need to get right? Dads. Dads need to get right. I need to get right. You need to get right. Moms need to get right. Families need to get right. And to give God the best in all our roles and responsibilities that we have. And so don't be discouraged, man. You take it one life at a time. Who knows what God's going to do from this day forward in the hearts of those children that are still your children and you still are the influence of their life. So, Lord, we thank you so much for today, Lord, and for allowing us uh, to study your word. Father, I know for me it's a convicting word, but I pray, Lord God, it would be a conviction that's good that I would take to heart. And that I would, Lord, begin to use, Lord God, to bring about a change in my behavior. Father, I do pray for everyone here, Lord, that you would encourage them, especially the dads here today. I thank you for them, Lord. I thank you for so many of them who, uh, Lord God, have been seeking you and, Lord, have been used by you in a mighty way. Lord, continue, Lord, to make us strong, Lord. Strengthen our our hands. Strengthen our heart, Lord God. Strengthen our life. Father, give us that power that we need, Lord, to be the men that would change this world. And I pray, Father, just in case there's anyone here today who maybe they have drifted away from their personal relationship with you. Maybe they don't know you. Maybe, Lord, today is not only a day of uh, them celebrating fatherhood, but maybe today is a day of them celebrating childhood. God, that they are your child, that they need to be your child, that the best gift anyone could ever give or get on Father's Day is to give the heart to the Lord. And so, Father, I pray if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you or who needs to recommit their life, that, Lord, you would work in them and that right here, right now, they would choose to follow you. And just with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, just in case, man, you always want to throw out the net. And today, you want to rededicate your life to Christ. Today, you want to commit your life to Christ. You want a new beginning. God is great at meeting you there. He'll say yes. He will never turn you away. But he will never force you. He loves you. And he leaves the decision in your heart. Just in case you're here today and you want to follow Christ. You want to recommit your life to Christ. You want to turn from your sins and trust in Him as Lord and Savior. Right where you're at, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the hands that have gone up. Thank you, Lord. That simple hand going up is like a gesture from your heart to His. And God sees that step of faith. This is what Father's Day is all about. He loves you, man. 
He loves you. God, help us to humble ourselves and to come to Him as children. Anyone else? Lord, I thank you so much for those hands that went up, Lord. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful acts of humility. I pray, please, God, help them. Help them in their struggles, Lord. Mend their hearts, Lord. Mend their lives. Wash away their sins. And today, Lord, baptize them in your Holy Spirit. Give them that strength. Lord, that only you can give a strength to start a new life today. I do love you, Lord. I thank you for everyone here and for the amazing work that you're doing. Bless your people. We love you, Daddy. We love you. In Jesus' name.